Welcome to Two Truths and a Lie. I'm your host, Lily Pluniak, and I want to invite you to a conversation with my friends and I about fighting for faith as Christians in today's world. Join us as we talk about life, the highs and lows, and what it looks like to practically stand on guard against the lies of the world while holding fast to the gospel and the promises of God. I'm so glad you're here. I have two friends with me who I love so much, I admire. They're like sisters to me. Do you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Who are you? Yeah, sure. Um, my name is Ashton Stock. I am 17 and I am graduating early from high school this year yeah. um, with the hopes of taking a gap year and then pursuing college somewhere yet to be determined <laughs> um, to get a degree in either pre-med or in nursing. And so I love to travel. That's a huge part about me. Do it she all the does. Time. <laughs> You've been, where have you been? You've been I have to... been to, let's see, 48 states, so <gasps> minus Alaska and Hawaii, <sighs> just pretty crazy, and then, let's see, probably six or seven countries, mm-hmm. so love to travel. That's, we're always gone. If there's a break, stocks are out. You amaze me. <laughs> That's so fun. <laughs> and then next, we have... I'm Anna Kate Stanley. Um, I am a junior. I don't know if I should say what high school. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, what about me? I love anything with the arts. I also mm-hmm. love to travel. Um, just anything creative, and I love to read, and literally anything. I have so many different passions, and they're all like jack of trades and master <laughs> of none. But it's so fun. Yay! And so. Because this podcast is called Two Truths and a Lie, I thought it would be fun to start every podcast with a fun little opener of Two Truths and a Lie about each person. And so we were all talking about this before we started. Anna Kate, I've known her for all my life, and <laughs> she thinks that they, I know everything about her, but I guess we'll see. I 100% think that she's going to guess this right <laughs> off the bat because it took me, like, Literally all week, I've been asking people, I'm like, I need two truths and a lie. I cannot come up with anything. This girl has known me since birth. I don't know, mm, I don't know how I'm going to do it. And it'll probably not be successful. Right? Well, well, even with me, I was like, dang, Lily really threw us a curveball. Like, she was like, tell me something I don't know. And I was like, shoot, this may be difficult. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. Okay, who wants to start first? Anna Kate, you want to go? You go ahead. I'm pulling it up. Okay. (laughs) All right. So since I love to travel and I've already kind of stated that, here are my two truths and one of them is a lie. Mm. So my first one is I walked to a hotel from the Dublin airport at midnight because we had a really weird layover one time. I also got on the wrong train in Vienna, Austria. It's headed to Prague instead of headed to Aradia. And my last one is, I have driven on the Autobahn in Germany. It's an interstate that has no speed limit whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Which one's the lie? Okay, I think the second one is true about... Vienna? Yeah. I feel like you told me that. The first one... I don't know. The third one just is crazy, but it's, I think you would do it. I, I think the know. third is a lie. You think the third is the Autobahn's I'm, a lie? I'm team third lie. I'm All going right. the first one. Well, y'all are both wrong. What? I have walked from the airport what? in Dublin at midnight. It was oh a my massive gosh. story. I was only eight years old. Don't ask me why. What in the world? It was really bad. <laughs> but we survived and we did not get abducted. And I actually have driven on the Autobahn in Germany. It's pretty 
insane and kind of scary, but it's also super flat, so... However, I've not gone on the wrong train in Vienna. I feel like you did. Have you gone down the wrong train somewhere else? Nope. I always get okay, on all my I'm trains. Just, I'm coming always up with get on all my flights. I'm such a good traveler. <laughs> she is very prepared, so. I try. <laughs> try not to do that. Okay. Anna Kate, you got Okay. Um, on my most recent trip, skiing, I got stuck on top of the mountain and had to ski down a double black diamond for my first time. Oh, my oh next my one is that in seventh grade, I dressed up, we went to Williamsburg, and I dressed up in a colonial costume when nobody else was dressed up. That's awesome. Hmm. And my third one is that in fifth grade, on a trip to D.C., I threw up on the steps of the Capitol building. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Low moment. <laughs> so throw up? I feel like that's real. I don't know. Oh. I love the specifics of two of them. I know, those are not too on the specific. There's fifth grade, Wait, what seventh was the, grade. What was the first one? It was the, the double black diamond. I feel like that's that true. happened. Although, can, can you, you go have skiing? a double black diamond? Or just a single black diamond? I don't, I've never been skiing before. I've only been like Tell once me, or twice. Skiing and girl. I don't do the black diamond, <laughs> so I would not know that level. I say the first one's true. What was the second one again? The second one... She doesn't oh, remember either. The oh, seventh grade colonial costume. Foss, you I'm going with you. It. Number two. No, I 100% did that. And it no! is one of the most mortifying. No! <laughs> I'll show you the pictures afterwards because it is. No. Oh my gosh, I love that. But Who I were you with? Um, like school trip. Like it was like oh! a school trip. I packed the costume. No. Got it out. No. Didn't tell my mom. Didn't tell anybody. Because <laughs> oh I knew my mom would take it out of my suitcase. <laughs> the confidence. And I wore it around Williamsburg yes. all day. And people stopped and took pictures with me. Oh my no. goodness. Girl. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to get back to that level of confidence. Wow. Because that's <laughs> very impressive. Okay. Now, which one is the lie? Oh, the third. I did not. I've never been to I, DC. Oh. That happened to a friend of mine, though. Oh. So, oh it's my go-to lie. <laughs> That's a good one. Well, there is something I don't know about you. Hey, we both won. Those were hard. I'm very impressed. (laughs) Okay, on to mine. Now, I'm trying. I have two truths, but I'm trying to come up with my lie that seems crazy enough to fit (laughs) with the truths. Okay, so my first one is I have been chased by the Mexican cartel. Okay. My second one is I skipped sixth grade. And my third one is, I've been electrocuted by lightning. Wow. Do I need to go over them again? So, Do you remember? No, because no, I know because the answer. I 100% know the answer. Okay, you want to <laughs> go? Wait, wait, you want to go on the count of three? One, two, three. Two. Huh? I thought it was three. Wait. You, you think three's a lie? Grade. You didn't skip six Oh, grade. is it a specific grade? Sorry, I wasn't. You only, you skipped yeah. seventh grade. Yeah. yeah. Oh! You're right! <laughs> Electrocuted by lightning? Yes. That's insane. Wait, that's my favorite one to use. I was that's probably six or seven years old, and lightning hit our chimney. What? At our old house, we had a metal chimney. Oh, my god! Electrocuted Shut it, up. and I was shocked. And my wow. parents always tell me, I don't remember it as a kid. It was just like a really loud bang in our house. All of the window or all the picture frames on the walls yeah. fell off the walls. <gasps> Everything the on the mantle heck? came off. I don't know how. I think the electricity just yeah shot that off. <laughs> and then so, but you <laughs> yeah. like got so I was in the room. So it was really crazy. late at night. I came in to get some crayons or something. I was sitting at the bottom of the fireplace, <gasps> and it hit. 
It was all white. Everything became white. Oh my god! I can't believe you didn't know this. I, I feel like I, I told you it. Never heard this. And my parents ran upstairs because I heard the boom. I came out, and they said they hugged me, and I smelled burned. Like they oh it smelled gosh. like my hair had been cinched. In your last house? Wow. Yeah. Do you remember how there was that room? Yeah, it was our living room, room, and they yeah. had the big fireplace. I don't remember the fireplace part, though. That's uh-huh. insane. interesting. I've never yes, heard that. I know. You fooled me. Well, I wasn't, I was like, I thought it was a little later, but I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I was like, surely she hasn't been electrocuted by lightning. Yeah. That is crazy. I just knew. It's they, like my it superpower. I'm always like, That's hmm, I wonder if I, like, can shock it. people. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Electro woman. Yep, shoot. Okay. <laughs> okay, That's so, so now that we got our lies, so I guess you're the only person, Ashton, whoop, who whoop. guessed correctly. You get Very the impressed. award. Let's... You get an extra tea next Thanks. time we... An extra tea. <laughs> <laughs> I'll we take all that. have our... Arizona tea. Arizona teas. This episode is sponsored Cheers. by Arizona, Arizona tea. tea. Cheers. <laughs> Clink. Anna Kate and I... We've known each other for our whole Since lives. Since her birth. Literally yes. lifelong <laughs> friends. Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. It has been just such a blessing to know Lily. Like, I would say, it's like not, oh, I'm running out of words. <laughs> well, let's um, go back to the, the, our history. Yes. We knew each other from literally the week, the first yeah. week I was alive. I probably was I think there. you came to the hospital yes. when I was we born. Yes, we had like, Pictures wow. of, like, my mom holding little, little Lily. And then, and then me. There. And I'm, like, staring down at her. I'm, like, maybe seven months yeah, old. And you always like had precious. those crazy eyes. Little kid, you're always, like, my she eyes was were there. Always, like, so bright, so white. And Lily was, like, always asleep. And it was just <laughs> good, the cutest good thing ever. Good of us. Both. We were really close as mm-hmm. kids. Our parents and families were... We did a lot of stuff together. We were um, went to the same church. Um, we were both homeschooled. So, I feel like we did a lot of our early growing up years yeah. together. And um, since then, we've, like, kind of diverged on different paths. But, like, Lily has been such a constant friend. And I don't mean constant in, like, the way that we see each other every week. Mm-hmm. And we're always catching up. Mm-hmm. But so when true. I see her, like, it is, like, we have, n- we're right back there in the hospital. Like, yeah. I have never left. <laughs> and it's just so special to have yeah. a friend like that. A friend that, like, I feel like I can always be so honest with. Mm-hmm. And so, like, open up about my struggles and my um, my highs and my lows and yeah. everything in between and all the craziness and celebrate all parts of life. Yeah. So, yeah. It's been sweet to see God's hand, honestly, mm-hmm. on our friendship yes. because growing up, like you said, we're just best friends. Yes. We did all the fun stuff together. I remember we had <laughs> a club at church. Wow. <laughs> Do you remember this? Booger 101. Booger yes, 101. We would go after the church service. Us and probably, how many more people? Ten other? No. We had like a whole like it was a follow-up. <laughs> we would go into the room where they broke down the chairs, and we would like trade candy and, and have like meetings. Little communion uh, cups. Yeah. We would see who could collect the most. Oh my yeah, god! We competitions. Stacks of this. Yeah, that's in our that childhood. For you. Okay, wait. I need the backstory on the name. You said I don't Booger? even know. I, who it, was it? Kennedy. Percent sure it was Kennedy or her cousin. She's an older cousin, Kennedy. Maybe Kennedy. Shout out, Kennedy, if you're listening. <laughs> we love the Kennedy. founder of Booger. 101. Wow, what a claim to fame. And, oh, it was just, like, little moments, yeah. like, throughout my childhood. Like, just so Lily. Like, I remember, I was at her oh, no. house a lot as a kid, yeah. and I remember, um, 
they had this like backyard club that her oh, and her yeah. brother had created and I do not know do you know the name of it? Yes, it was a Phineas and Ferb club. Oh really? Do you remember I've those? No. Heard yes, about I mean this. I remember Phineas and Ferb, but I didn't know that Yeah. It, it was, was like in her she like this like little woods that like border. Oh wait, her house. no, this is a different club. This oh okay. when my neighborhood There's made a, a village in yes. my backyard. <laughs> a <lot of> <laughs> we that we were club starters. <laughs> we like to find things and make them <laughs> fun <laughs> i see um i can't remember what it was called but we made a village and we had this little creek it was more like sewage that went through oh our my yard gosh. that came out of the sink we made a little village around it and oh. little bigger oh, <laughs> yes. 102 yes yes we are always starting stuff and i remember like trying to join the club and literally uh-huh. was like no more members and i was <laughs> oh, like oh really? no did i do that to I, you no probably you were just wanted to be included it's okay <laughs> <laughs> you were so little you were like just I feel like you always like wanted to be like older you know like older I not did that, I'm that much older than you but like yeah we that was something I remember when Anna Kate was little you would always wear big dresses like prom <laughs> dresses your mom's dresses any long dress because we always had this desire to be big yes and to, to drive, older. I remember we'd always say we're gonna be at Aww. each other's sweet sixteen birthdays, yes. and we're gonna we're gonna plan it together. And <laughs> it's sweet because even though I guess the last six years or so we haven't seen each other yeah. as much, just life, different yeah. paths, and God has moved us in different directions. But it's sweet to mm-hmm. see, like you said, I call you, you call me, and yeah. it's like <laughs> nothing changed and so random. Like we yeah. are just <laughs> always doing the most random stuff. I. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I have a memory. Was it your 15th birthday? Oh, oh I have it. 15th birthday. Mall? When we dressed up, like I'm I saying, yes. the dress up has been a constant I thing. I it, remember? Oh, yeah. And we, sh- we went to Goodwill, and mm-hmm. we bought all these old dresses, <laughs> and we like, they were like old, like, really gross prom yeah. dresses. And, and then we like styled... And Lily, and. <laughs> Lily got a wedding dress. Yeah, I saw a picture of that the it other was, day. It, it was, was a big day. Yes, walked we walked down the hair mall aisle and everything, and then we went to the mall and walked around. And <laughs> oh my gosh! Then we went to dinner and convinced <laughs> some people. Oh, I she was getting married. And, and wait, the, thought she was a child bride. Reader. Yeah, it was horrible. I remember. I think it was either you or our friend Emmy who had a it was a ring that looked kind of like a wedding <laughs> ring, so and they gave it to me to wear. So I looked very official. I had the full dress, and it was big. It was mind you, she's huge. fifteen. She I looked young too. Turned this was, fifteen. Yeah, <laughs> probably on my birthday or something. Yeah. We go to Chop House, we're all around the table, and the waiter, he keeps asking me very specific questions. He's like, where are the guys tonight? Are they having their bachelor party? And he's like, wow, you look really young to be married, like getting married. Can you tell me more about yourself? I honestly think he was worried for me. He's like, is this girl being like, what's happening to her? And I remember I could not stop laughing every time he left all the waiters and waitresses they kept looking around the corners of the they restaurant were like, this thinking at us. At us. Yeah. oh my gosh they was really were probably about to call 911 yeah like there's a child bride right. here she's like being sold it's, it's that's probably their work story like yeah. years later they're like I you remember that kid that came in yeah. <laughs> but we ended up telling them just yeah so we you. did I couldn't I was like I cannot lie to this guy he oh. keeps he was asking such specific questions oh my gosh it's super fun to have friends that you do all the fun stuff with but also so you're fun. spiritually connected yes. and can just bear our hearts out together yes. and that's 
my friend Ashton for you. <laughs> she has been a gift, and mm. I don't, how did we meet? I was just thinking about that, yeah. so, <laughs> well, Lily was in sixth grade when I was in eighth grade, however, we did have <laughs> one class together, do you remember what we class did. this was? Home ec with Miss Becky. Home ec, Miss Becky, Miss E. So, my favorite thing about that class, though, this is my funny story that I've been waiting to tell all night. I'm ready. Um, do you remember the egg project? Yes, I do, sadly. <laughs> and, well, my dear friend Lily over here, she actually had a shirt over her uniform with a pocket in it. Yeah. Or was that Cody? No, I don't know. Wait. One of them, either way, before, so, if you have not taken home egg and your teacher is not like Miss Becky, then you may not know that you have to take a raw egg and you mm-hmm. carry it around for a week. You get all your teachers to sign off on the paper that you had it. You gotta protect that baby. You gotta do all these things. It's like your homemaking <laughs> kit. Egg is your baby. <laughs> okay, so my dear friend Lily Puniak gets her egg. And before we could even leave the class, mind you, this is like a five day project that you're supposed to hang on to this little egg for. And she drops it and it breaks. It was me. No. It was. Cause I dropped mine and Miss I dropped it off. A no, table. you dropped yours. And then Cody dropped yeah, hers in class, Cody. and you had the pocket. Yeah. and you dropped it yeah. after class. Either way, Lily dropped it within. Yeah. Oh, and I remember I minutes. had dreams for this baby egg. I, was, <laughs> I think she named I was it. Like, I'm gonna take it on a walk in the neighborhood oh with my dog. I'm gonna make it like sew to bed. It was it really was, funny. My aspirations were crushed. Yeah, her was, goals for motherhood were yeah. dashed oh, in about 45 minutes. <laughs> it's okay though because she got a new baby egg. Yeah, thankfully. and I ended up getting good grade. She Hallelujah. did. <laughs> yep, but it was a pretty funny memory. So we, that was our first, I think, like, real friendship experience uh-huh, was in that, that home at class. We were, we buddied around all year. We mm-hmm. made quilts together, all the things. Uh-huh. It was so fun. And then, I have one more story we have we to do. share really quickly about your birthday party. My birthday. Ashen's birthday was how long ago? A month, a month? or so? Yeah. And Ish. we went to a hibachi place that oh. was in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and while driving, I'm not a great driver. I'm I'm okay driver, but I'm horrible with directions. I don't know. Left first right. I just am bad at driving. I told her I was like, okay, this address on such and such street, Uh like we're all going. You can follow me, and I leave, and I get to the hibachi place, and five minutes pass, and I'm like, dude, where are Lily and Emmy? Emmy Beekler, you know who you are. And so I call Lily and Emmy. Well, I called Lily first, I guess, and I was like, where are you? Well, at this moment. Emmy and I are driving through the woods. Oh my and gosh. No, it gets it's worse. In the middle of nowhere. We're in South Knoxville. South maybe? Knoxville, yep. And we're going down. We first had the maps. The maps took us this place. That's what they said. It was say. like, turn sharp left. And this road <laughs> that went down. Horrible. Well, she was following yeah, me because her directions weren't working. <laughs> so, anyway, we turn onto the street that says private property. And so we're both, we're calling each other, me and Emmy. We're like, what do we do? Like, should we turn around? But it's a one-way street, and we can't turn around. So we keep driving. We keep driving. We're in the woods down this gravel path. Then, all of a sudden, we get to this area, and it looks like a hobbit village. What? No all joke. of the houses are hobbit houses in the hills. So there's, like, this one big house in the hills of this land. I don't even know what to call we it. We have and no idea where it was now. Me and Emmy are literally... You know they're building like a hobbit village. This is it. This is it. You we found, found it. it. Yes. We found it. And it's a venue for weddings. So we're going through the hills. <laughs> Emmy and I, we're looking around like, we are literally in hobbit land. I don't... What's it oh, called in the... I don't... The, oh, shire. the shire. The Shire. We're in the Shire. It. It's and real. 
then we keep driving and we're out. We're like, was that even real? And then we get to this hibachi place and... And they're like, y'all aren't going to believe this. And I was like, mm-hmm. we just have been through life and death. No, but I tell you- The way I'm going to structure this podcast is like we had two truths and a lie about ourselves. We are going to talk about a lie from the culture. And then we're going to have two truths. One about what the gospel says about it. And the second one is how to practically pursue a truth. Um, practically fight that lie. And so before we get into that, we are going to have two of my friends, Ash and Anna Kay, are going to share their testimonies about how the Lord has met them and just all the things God has done in their life. So Ashton, you want to kick us off? I would love to. Um, So I became a Christian at a young age. I was raised in a Christian family, um, always grew up knowing about the Lord. My I was So my parents told me as a kid that I was extremely strong-willed. Fun fact about Ashton. You can kind of see that in me now, but they say that the Holy Spirit has definitely brought that level down a little bit. And so they were struggling because they were like, this is our first kid and she is extremely strong-willed and will not listen and stubborn and all these things. And so they said that they turned their prayer instead of like, Lord, like we don't know what to do with this kid to can you bring your spirit into her? Because that's the mm-hmm. only thing that's going to change her. Yeah. And so they prayed um, for my salvation, and I was saved at a young age, at five years old. I um, accepted the Lord into my heart. And I always wonder, because people are like, dang, you were, like, really young. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't believe it necessarily myself unless my parents told me that they saw the change. And they were like, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit worked in your life. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, you were a different child. And you... loved others and you grew in patience and in humility and all these things and so that's kind of when I became a Christian I um struggled with fear a lot through like late elementary school early middle school and it really took over my life I would tell people like I would become paralyzed with fear like and just had stomach ulcers and like all these different things that were awful and not great but it's because I let that fear take root in me and so thankfully I was freed from that um probably about six or so years ago and have been free ever since and really I'm not a very Mm -hmm. fearful person but I feel like in every trial or in every hardship that we go through the other side of that provides us with so much empathy and with so much like I've seen so many young girls come up to you and be like I don't know why but I feel like I'm supposed to tell you that I'm so fearful and I'm like girl Mm -hmm. I know why you're supposed to tell me this Mm -hmm. like the Lord has walked with me through that and I believe that he can walk with you through that and I want to be a part of that. And I mm-hmm. want to tell you how, what things I did to overcome this and just the ways that he has worked in my life since then. And so um, that's a really neat part of my story. I also um, went to Romania when I was eight years old for the first time. And then again when I was probably 13 or 14. And I fell in love with the people, the culture. And I always point people back to that time and say that that was an event that really shaped my worldview and shaped my perspective of the things that are happening in the world and what I want to do with my life and as a result of that. Um, And so, yeah, I feel like that broadened my perspective so much and I am a firm believer that everyone should at least, either domestic or international, be on a mission trip. And um, there's a good quote by, it's, I want to say it's David Platt. And he says something along the lines of, the orphans are easier to ignore until they have names. And I know that that's not the exact wording of the quote, but I felt like that was so real for my life, is that as soon as I met these young girls that were um, selling themselves into prostitution and I had met these little kids that were just orphans and poverty-stricken and needed the light and love of Jesus in their lives, that that's when I really became um, grew to have a heart for them. And once they had those names and those faces in my mind, mm-hmm. they'll never leave, but for a good thing. Like, I would not want to live my first world life without that. 
perspective. So after that, another huge part of my story is friendships, which is what we're talking about. So I'm super excited about that. And I definitely struggled with that for probably the past seven or so years of just like I would grow in a really great friendship and then that person would move on from my life and not ever this huge catastrophic like breakup scenario, but it would just be like friend after friend. And so they'd move on or they would go to a new school or whatever it may be, we'd grow apart. And that hurt me for a long time. And so that was definitely a part of my life where I struggled with identity. I struggled with knowing what to do, how to interact with other people. And it didn't, I would say it did not change or become fixed until I realized that my identity is not in people and my identity is in the Lord. And so once I realized that, once I realized that if he is my rock and I trust and believe with all my heart that he's not moving and that he will be my anchor, that all of these other relationships are icing on the cake and they are going to flow out from that. And so it's been much more of a gift to where I can be like, I love Lily and we don't see each other nearly as often as I wish. But even in that, that's not rocking me to my core anymore. Whereas it's just a great blessing to get to see her on a day like today. And the final thing is, um, part of my testimony last summer, I was, um, part, not part, I worked a shooting at my workplace and that shaped my world and rocked my world for the rest of my life guaranteed. Um, it was really, really tough. I remember everything about that day, everything about the weeks that followed and, um, struggled with a lot of emotions, struggled with knowing how to process when nobody else I knew could even come close to the experience that I had. And so, um, it was fatal. And so that definitely affected my guilt, affected my shame. Um, I closed up about it for a very long time for several months. I would not say a word about it. And then finally opened up about it um, towards the end of last semester, so November, December, and found so much freedom in that. So I'm a huge advocate for being vulnerable with your relationships, and that's who I opened up to. I opened up to a friend and just said, hey, this is what's going on, and this has been my spiral of thoughts and of despair since then, and I don't think this is a healthy place for me anymore. And so she really helped me to say, how do I need to get out of this, and how do I need to find healing for myself, and realize that I'm not to blame in any sense, and that yes, this world is sick, but we have a greater hope. And Mm so that's been a huge part of my story too. But that's my testimony. Anna Kate, so good. Oh, so good. What a blessing. Um, so similar to you, I also grew up, grew up in the Christian home and I'm very incredibly lucky for that. But part of growing up in a Christian home, I don't know if you guys can relate. Um, I didn't question my beliefs. Like there was never a moment where I was like, "Mm, is this real or is this my parents' faith, kind of. Um, my parents were Christian, my, I was homeschooled, so I went to, like, a little Christian school once a week, and, um, my family, like, my extended family was Christian, just everybody I was close to and was surrounded with had these beliefs, so why wouldn't I? Um, and then, (laughs) I like to use the analogy of, I don't know if you guys have seen Inside Out, but there's, like, the part where she has little islands and, um, there's like one for family and one for sports and one for, you know, fill in the blank. And I feel like I had these little islands that I, uh, relied on and they were like my strength. It was like my family and my friends and my church. And that's where my hope came from. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that it really necessarily came from God because I didn't have a lot of trials in my life, honestly. And I didn't have a reason for those, for it to come to God. I hadn't had, hadn't been tested very much, um, which obviously testing grows your faith. Mm-hmm, <laughs> One sure. of the good things about it. Um, 
but there was a moment in fifth grade where I feel like all my islands came crashing down. And there's that part in Inside Out where she has to like, her islands come crashing down and she has to learn how to sit with her sadness. And it was just a lot of change at once. We changed churches, so I lost all my friends through that because I was homeschooled and I didn't really have a lot of other friends outside of that. And then uh, I changed schools and I lost all my friends through that. And then I through some crazy family circumstances, um, I ended up not being come, not as close to my extended family. And I had a lot of cousins and so they were always some of my best friends and I lost a lot of that. And I don't think I allowed myself a time of mourning for that. I just kind of was like, I was really angry, but I wasn't sad. And I think there's a difference in those emotions. But um, I would love to say that that was like the moment that I like turned to God and I was like, glory to be, be to you and you're my strength now. But I, I don't think it was. I think I was angry for a long time. And that's part of my testimony. And as gross and nasty as it is, and as much as I wish I could go back and tell myself to stop yelling at my mom and all that, um, it happened and I've grown from it. But um, there slowly, I started to see how amazing God is. And it was little ways. It was like, we got, um, my parents ended up doing foster care and it was not something that I wanted. Um, I just didn't want my family to change. And that sounds really selfish, but opening your home up to foster care is a big decision and I didn't feel like I was included in it and but we ended up doing it and I ended up getting these two siblings and they just changed my life changed my perspective kind of like she was talking about earlier like it was such a pivotal point where I saw the brokenness of this world and how like God is still moving through that and those kids like just changed my heart they broke my heart and they mended it in so many ways and I oh oh my goodness I could talk about it for hours but I probably shouldn't (laughs) um so I think probably late uh, middle early high school was probably when I got saved I don't honestly know the date it wasn't like a specific moment I think it was just I started to rely on God and say that he's the only constant in my life when everything else is falling apart and falling to pieces um he's still there and he's still sturdy and he's still strong. And I've started to see how he's used all those trials in the early years. And like, I'm a part of these programs that helps like girls was like being an advocate for girls who are um, being sex trafficked or like um, this like inner city program, like for kids who are underprivileged and don't have meals or just like little things where I'm like, if I hadn't gone through all that, my heart wouldn't have been broken and I wouldn't been able to see all the hurt around us. And even like in school, like I just notice how I'm, my eyes are open to like the people who are lonely. Mm. And if I hadn't been lonely, I wouldn't have known. And so I think that's my testimony in a nutshell. And Oh God is so good. Yes. So So good. That's such, wow. That's such a good analogy of all the islands. And I feel like so many of us do that. Another thing I wanted to add um, about testimonies and I, is I think that another lie that culture tells us is that your testimony isn't valid unless you have this massive moment where it mm-hmm. happened where all the world burst apart yeah. and lightning struck and 
you became saved. And that's not the case for so many believers. And you heard that through Anna Kate's testimony. And even mine was not this massive, like, awe-striking moment. And so even a couple weeks ago, we shared testimonies at my school's Bible study. And we had so many girls that I said, hey, like, would you mind sharing your testimony? And one girl was like, well, I don't think mine's all that special. Mm. And I said, stop right there and let's go back. Like, the fact that a good, graceful God saved yes. you, a sinner, from eternal damnation Yes, is oh an gosh. awesome story. Yes. Do not for a second underestimate that and tell me that your story yes. is not cool. I don't care if you have a moment that you can say that's when it yeah. happened. If the Lord has saved you through his grace and through his power, that's something I want to hear about. Yeah. And no matter how big or how small it was, mm-hmm. like, that's amazing and yeah. such a thing to celebrate and to spread the word about. So. I totally agree. I feel like I feel so invalidated and felt like I wasn't, I hadn't been saved because it yeah. wasn't this big moment. But I just like look over your life and yeah. see how he's changed you. And yeah. it might not be very apparent because it's small things. It's not like this massive change the next day. You're like super kind to everybody and you're totally loving. It's a lifelong journey where yeah. we're becoming more like God. Yeah. And there's not this moment of perfection or of finally I'm sanctified guys. Like it's been 15 yeah. years strong. Like <laughs> I've achieved it. No, like the rest of our life. And I realized that recently somebody was like, how are you right now? And I was like, I just feel like I keep getting hit with new trials. And I thought about it. And I was like, wait a second, like Ashton, that's how it's going to be for the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be like, I did it. No more trials, guys. I'm good for the rest of my life. Like, it's going to be something new and the devil's mm-hmm. going to try to get you whatever way. So the rest of your life is going to be this like slow, hard journey yeah. of like little steps at a time yeah. saying, I am not going to choose this today. Instead, I'm going to glorify God. And yeah. again and again and again, and it's not going to be these massive moments for most of yeah. us. For some of us, it might be. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. But for most girls yeah. and guys. It is amazing. <laughs> I'm thankful. It just reminds me of justification versus sanctification mm-hmm. and how the Bible says through Christ's blood and his death and res- resurrection, you are justified. And we can draw near to God. We can draw near to his throne and say, it's nothing I've done, nothing in myself. None of my good works have made me able to draw near, but it's your son. And I'm justified, but I'm going to continue to be sanctified, like you said, through trials and through hard times. And even hearing Andy Kate's story, just knowing, like, having your life kind of, you know, you never had to make your faith or you never made your faith your own until trials came. Mm -hmm. And that's when you were tested and... I just, when you're in the trial, it can feel so dark and the question, why God, why are you doing this to me arises, but just thinking, wow, God, you are sovereign. And Mm -hmm. I just thank the Lord for sitting here with you guys, two of my friends and knowing, wow, God is sovereign over both of your lives. Okay. With the theme of two truths and a lie, I'm excited to go onto our next part where we're going to be talking about lies from the culture. And then the truth of the gospel, how it applies to those lies, and then how we can practically fight those lies with truth as Christians. And so to kick things off, Ashton, would you like to share some lies that you've seen and just experienced about friendship? I would love to. Um, One of the biggest lies that I felt like I was fed, in a sense, by culture as a middle schooler and early high schooler was the fact that you have to have a best friend. Mm. That in, like, you got to have your buddy and that's you and her or you and him and, like, your secrets and all these things that are strictly you. And I feel like that's not the case at all. That you can have a variety of friends. Sometimes the most healthy friendships that I've found is when I've had them in different circles of Mm. life where I had a lot of great friends from church and a lot of great friends from school and a lot of great friends from work. And instead of just having that one relationship, like, 
that does not define you and that is not your identity in that person and so mm-hmm. be okay if the, you don't have a best friend I have yeah. not had a best friend in the terms of the word for at least five years and yeah. I am perfectly fine and yeah. I love people and I love being close to people I'm close to Lily I'm close to Emmy I'm close to all these people but I don't feel like I have to have one person that's greater than all the rest if that makes sense mm-hmm. I okay this is um jumping off that jumping off that I don't know <laughs> um my mom has a friend who's a counselor and I just went through like this past summer a really really difficult friendship breakup and it, she was a best friend Mm-hmm. And so I was really confused and I was like, I don't have a best friend anymore. And I don't yeah. have somebody who like feel, fills that role in my life. And she said something that I like just really took to heart. I was thinking about like becoming friends with that girl again. And it was like a really hard like breakup. So it was going to be yeah. like a big step. And I was like, well, I don't think she's going to, she's, it's going to be the same. And she was, my um, mom's friend said, well, you can't expect her to have the same role in your life and it's okay if every single person has a different role. Yeah. You can't expect them to all be the same. So okay. there's people that I go really deep spiritually with that I don't really like tell like super funny or like jokes mm-hmm. or like, yeah. you know, there's just like different people that I do different things with. There's yeah. people that I love so much that I would never go to for advice because yeah. I just don't agree so with the walk of life that or how they're walking out life yeah and I think that's totally fine but like mm-hmm. friendships look different yeah and you can't expect everybody to be your best friend yeah and I don't think you should I think that's like I think it's so healthy to have 20 different friends not 20 yeah. but you know like five different friends that fill all these different aspects of your life mm-hmm. that you can be it's okay if you're different people with different people yeah And I think it goes back to the world sees a best friend as someone who almost is a part of you and sees them as someone who's always serving Mm. you. And so So you can see in media and shows and these things, the world will show these two people together, let's say in a movie, like a Disney movie. It's like, we're best friends forever. We tell each (laughs) other everything. And in one aspect, one friend is always looking to please the other person and they're always pleasing each other. And they, they always, it's just them too. And I think that is a godless worldview because it's saying, okay, God's not going to fill me in this aspect. This person is going to fill True. me. And I know I've experienced that where God, I believe, has created us to, our souls to be filled by him alone. And when we look to other people, like that best friend to fill us, and they disappoint us or they don't perform like we want to, we're disappointed. And we end up feeling let down or we yeah. we think oh I thought they were my best friend how could they do yeah. this to me we can't expect people to be perfect. yeah and it's like well it's not fair to them and it's not fair to us they they're not designed to fill us yeah. and God has given us a world full of people and what a blessing that we have all these mm-hmm. diverse people but we aren't meant to we aren't created to be filled and I think it's so easy to turn people into our God mm-hmm. and to turn to people like you said like oh I'm worried about this I'm gonna turn to a person to help me and give me peace instead of saying, no, I'm not going to turn that person. I'm going to turn to the Lord first. Hmm. And it reminds me of the passage of scripture. It's John 15, 12 through 15. And Jesus is talking to his, his disciples. And he says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's hmm. life to one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. 
I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Mm. And I love the ending of that, how he says, everything I've learned from my father, I've made known to you. And just thinking about as Christians, our relationship with Jesus, he is our closest friend. And he is all the things the world wants a best friend to be. He knows everything about Mm. us. He's always there for us. He hears us when we cry out. He's better than a best friend. And he's made everything that the Father has made known to him known to us. And so I was just thinking about that, like, wow, thank you, Lord, that you are our closest friend. When we feel alone in our bed at night crying because we don't have this friend, Mm -hmm. just thinking, wow, God, you're right there and you can bring me peace. I believe that you can. And I do believe that I can find contentment in you and my identity in you. And then when you look out to friends, friends don't have to please you. Yeah. If friends let you down, it's not the end of the world. It's okay. That's a trial. Yeah. But my world is not sh- completely shaken because that's just a person. Because that isn't your world. Yeah, and we're your all sinners. <laughs> and it turns yeah. out, like, I'm Such a, a sinner. I'm not going to be a perfect friend. And I don't want other people to expect me to be that because I fall mm-hmm. short and I every single day mess up the whole day. And so just thinking about, like, wow, God, you never messed up and you are our truest friend. When we're alone, everyone's left us, you're there. Yeah. I think we look to, like, it's a we can always look to the Bible and to God for um, examples of how to be a good friend. Yeah. Like, my dad always says, um, we can love because he's loved us. Mm-hmm. And that just, like, I feel like has not always clicked in my brain. But, like, just recently, it's been very much clicking. But I also want to, like, say, I don't think having a best friend is bad. Like, no, I, I don't think that's what we're saying. No. In case anybody yeah. got that. But um, just, like, if you don't have a best friend, we don't want you to feel like you are less than or that you are not the only one who is lonely. Yeah. Because I've been lonely. I'm sure y'all have been yes, lonely. For sure. And it is a dark place to be, but it is a place where God can fill it with so much light. Yeah. And there's so much room to grow and to grow closer to him. Mm-hmm. And there are seasons of life too. Like mm-hmm. I had a season where I did have a best friend and I called her my best friend. And I do believe that she was for that period of time. And we phased out of that and it's okay. And yeah. that's and that's something I had to learn is that if it's not forever, and that's one of my other lies that I said, is that friendships aren't going to last forever. Yeah. And that's okay. And there's going to be a season of time where you, where Lily and I were really close for, and we still are really close, but we were proximity really close uh-huh. for a long time. And that was a season of life. And now we're in a new season of life that I am one that hates change. But I learned that like this season of life can be almost sweeter than that to where we can say, hey, I haven't seen you in like two months. Like, let's catch up and talk about how the Lord's working in us. And so in each season, it's going to look different and you may have a best friend now and you may not later or vice versa. And it's a beautiful thing. And so the only thing that we can do with that is say, what are we going to, what are we going to make of it? It's up to us in a sense. It's overall up to the Lord, obviously, but it's also up to us to say, okay, you've put me in a season where I don't have a best friend. Who are the people you want me to invest in? Who are the people that I need to be pursuing and pouring into? Yeah. And so I think one of the best things somebody said to me recently, or I guess it was after the shooting, um, she said, God is bigger than this situation. And it's simple, but like Mm -hmm. thinking about that in all areas of life and being like, he is so much greater than my wildest dreams. He is so beyond what I can think about or any of those things. Like he's bigger than what I'm in right now. No matter how earth shaking it feels, 
he's bigger than the situation. Mm-hmm. So, back to Anna Kate's point on diversifying your friends, though, in different seasons, I feel like that reflects on the body of Christ yeah, and how yeah. he said, if we're all an ear, then we're never going to be able to go anywhere. We're only going to be able to hear. And so, we need those <laughs> yeah. different types of friendships in life. We need the friends that cheer us up. We need the friends that sit us down for hard conversations and that's a beautiful thing Mm -hmm. when we all are serving the Lord to our greatest potential. Yeah and it's a blessing that God gives us a church family that we can go to. We were talking before we started the podcast how it's like bam here's a whole bunch of friends that you see every week and how faithful God is to place us in that community where you are constantly being with people even when you don't want to talk about what's going on in your life even when you feel closed up people are coming to you saying how can I serve you and that's just wow crazy yeah uh, in Psalms 133 it says how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in Mm -hmm. unity and I think if I think back to like relationships that have started with a God base they have gotten so much deeper so much faster and that doesn't mean that they aren't tainted with sin and pain and all the other things that um is life mm-hmm. um but they are just so beautiful yeah. and it's so beautiful to be able to worship a great god and walk through life how we are made to in fellowship yeah and i would say that's one of our two truths a practical truth mm-hmm. is i would encourage you get involved in a church family get involved in a local church a community of believers i think it's so important today to actually go and be there. I know with everything in the world today, sometimes it's hard and you just have to stay home and watch it virtually. But if you are physically able, I would encourage you get involved in a church and be there with people. And I think God has blessings, abundant blessings for you in that season of life. And I, I've seen in my life personally how God has used a church family. And I know another thing we talked about a lie from the culture is your friends have to be your same age and it might not be a, a super like they're not yelling hey you can't be friends with her because she's older but I think that is something that happens people get grouped in by age and so don't do it yeah don't <laughs> back do it. to a church family it's you have people in every season of life every age and there's so much wisdom in that and how the bible talks about those who walk with wise will be wise I just think that is a perfect illustration in the church of all these different generations coming together mm-hmm with the same goal and the same heart is to love Christ with everything. One of my greatest friendships in life has been from someone that's older than me. Um, Mm. Ellie Bertelson and I love you. Ellie, love you. She's the best. Um, literally. Oh yeah. You know her too. We all know her. her. We love her. (laughs) Um, no, but she, we joke around somewhat. People actually have started thinking we're sisters and we're like, okay, maybe we should (laughs) scale back on our joke now. But we used to say, and we still do say it. We'll be like, hey sis. And I can see it. Right. Okay. It's like something. You guys do look a little like, I see it. We get it all the time. Or at least I still do. And she's in college now. And I'm like, people still from our high school will be like, um, are y'all sisters? And I'm like, no, (laughs) we're not, but we'll claim it. Um, anyways, though, she is someone that is two years older than me, so not a ton, but she's definitely steps ahead in life to where she's been able to say, we became really close probably when she was like maybe 15. We were probably 15 and 13, maybe a little younger. We knew each other before then. And then since then, like, we've always stayed pretty close. And that relationship has been one to me that has proven, like, not only do you need people that are pouring into you, but you need to be pouring into others. No yeah. matter what stage in life you are, there's always someone younger than you 
that needs to be poured into and that needs the love of Christ yeah. to be shown to them. Amen. And so our relationship has been one that has blessed me so much because she's been the one, like I always tell people this, but she was the one that I called the night of the shooting and just said, hey, this is what happened and I need someone on the phone with me because yeah. I don't know what to do with my emotions. And she sat there, I drove like 25 minutes home and half the time I didn't even talk, I just cried. And she just mm-hmm. sat there and listened and was like, I'm mm-hmm. gonna stay on the phone with you until you get home. And so people that are steps ahead in life, I think can provide so much insight, whether that's two years or 20 years, like befriend them because they have wisdom to offer you and Mm -hmm. they're going to be the people, like if we're all on the same playing field and we all know the same thing, then no one's going to grow. You need somebody that's ahead of you and you need someone that's behind you at all times in order to grow and be more like Christ. And so that's one of the biggest lies I feel like that I get very passionate about because I've seen the effects of it in my own life and saying, I've been so blessed by this friendship and I want to in turn um, pursue younger high schoolers and pursue my siblings and all these yeah. things that are steps behind me that I could say, hey, look, I've been through that and I've been through fear and I've been through trauma after major events and I know what it's like and I can encourage you and push you towards the truth. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, um, going back to the fellowship thing, like being together with people, like I don't think it always looks like church, yeah. but it is with like belie- believers. I'm a part of this, okay, this is going to sound so, like, I'm 85, but I'm a part of, (laughs) uh, uh, what's it called? Oh my gosh, I sound so dumb right now. Um, BSF? Um. Explain. What is it? Book? Book Book study? Book book club! club. Oh my gosh! (laughs) That's so funny! I do not sound like I go to a book club, um, (laughs) but I'm a part of this book club, and everybody in it is Christian, and it's not necessarily that we talk about the Bible, but we read like classic literature together. I love that. And it's <laughs> so that's cute. so you. It, that's like the oh perfect my gosh. thing. Where is this I love it. It's so fun. But it's um it's a young married couple, a couple who's in their fifties. Oh my goodness, wow. I love this. Two college students and two high school students. I love that. And so it's these people from all walks of life, and it's wow. so beautiful. And I'm learning so much, and I also have things to share with them. Yeah. And it's like just walking through life or walking through a book and like just these little things you have I have so much to learn from these people and oh it is beautiful it's such a testament to God and like just you do not have to find people your age yeah. to be friends with I totally agree yep. and you can learn so much from yeah. people older and younger than you and I love how you were talking about seeking out people who are younger than you older than you and I think that's something to be aware of wherever you are, school, church, job, just life going, wherever you're going, just thinking, who can I pursue in this environment? Who mm-hmm. can I get closer to? Who can I learn from? I think there's so much to learn as a Christian from Christians and non-Christians, yeah. just looking who yep. can I pursue with the love of Christ and the love of Jesus and be a true friend to. And so kind of on to another lie I have One that I was thinking about that's um, been on my mind recently is a lot of the world might tell you about friendship is that friendship is all about you Mm. and all about what can people give you, who can fill you the most, who is always going to be there for you. And I think it's a very self-sufficient, self-reliant worldview just thinking, okay, it's all about me. The world revolves about me. Which and it's, is our culture right yeah. now. Yeah. Pushing. And it's easy to you do. do you. Um, yeah. Be you're yourself. True. Be true to your, yeah. Like all these things that are pushing it and naturally that's going to flow over into relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Be true to the person God created you to be, but yeah. not 
yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's so easy as a Christian even to be like, um, this friend is not talking to me or this friend is blah, 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 fill in the blank. They're not doing this well. And it's such a selfish view because there's no joy in that. And it's saying, okay, who can give me the best? And so I just been thinking about like true friendship as the Bible talks about is who can I serve? Mm-hmm. Who can I pursue? Who can I go and lay down my life for? And I know in the Bible it talks about like, that we're made new, but our old self's gone. So we're not longer, like we're not living for our selfish desires. We're not living for the flesh. We're living for the kingdom of God. And so I know that served me just even going to school. A lot of times I can feel lonely in a school that's so big. i say it's kind of ironic. I'll walk down the halls with hundreds of people and I feel alone in it. Mm. And just thinking like these people, I feel alone in my faith. I feel afraid sometimes to share or I I share with people and they don't really care what I have to say and people aren't pursuing me, blah, blah, blah. I'm just thinking like, hey, this is not about me. I'm not going to school to, for some person to find me. It's like, I'm going to seek these people and I pray that a seed is planted through friendship and that it grows, but it's not up to me. It's up to the Lord and who he places in your life, not who you're trying to, you know, grapple and and one word that comes to mind when I think of friendships is intentionality. Yeah. And I think that applies across the board. If you, if I could say something to most of the high school gals that I interact with in all of my realms of life is be intentional. Like, don't go to school or go to church or wherever you are in life that your friends are and gossip and talk about the boys and do all these trivial things. Like, yeah you're wasting your time. And I say that as nicely as possible, but you're wasting your time. Like there's so much goodness. And especially if you're in a Christian community, go deep. Like my best relationships are not the people that I joked around with and messed around with all day. They're the people that I sat with and I said, here's my heart and here's what I'm going through. And if you're not doing that, then a lot of that wisdom is going to waste. And those are not the things that matter. If we have eternity in mind, then we need to be pursuing that daily mm-hmm. and in our conversations and whatever it is. And there's a time for fun. There really is. Believe yeah. me, I'm a prankster. <laughs> I love getting pranked. Amy gets pranked on the daily. Maybe not. <laughs> Close. Anyways, though, but that's not, but we also can have the hard conversations and we can also say, this is what matters. And so, but I do think that in the scenarios of pursuing other people, for the majority of us, yes, we need to be more focused on others. There is an extent, though, that I would say you need to be making sure that you're being poured into as well. Mm-hmm. And so that's something I've said to Lily. Like, I love your heart for the high school that you go to and for pursuing other people that are not in the faith. But make sure that you have one or two people that are believers that are saying, hey, I'm going to check in with you and I'm going to make sure that this is not overwhelming you, that you're still mm-hmm. in the gospel, um, mm-hmm. that you are still pursuing the Lord kind of things. So make yeah. sure that you have someone that's also encouraging you. Check Otherwise, yeah. like, I would say that I got stuck in that for a while where I was constantly didn't like to talk about my emotions, constantly pouring out, constantly loving others. And I was not, um, focusing on myself sounds bad, but I was not making sure that I was being nurtured in the word it's as well. Yeah, it's it really is. Yeah. And so it's like the analogy of if you have a cup and you're pouring it out and all these other people, somebody's got to be pouring back in or else yeah. you're going to run dry. Yeah. And I think that, so there's a fine line between focusing on mm-hmm. others and being selfless, but also being the best advocate for the Lord you can be by being poured into. Yeah, and resting in those friendships. I think, like you too, it's a blessing to have friends where you can just let down your guards Mm. and just be honest and genuine with one another because I think God provides a lot of rest in those relationships. 
And when you're rested and you're fueled, then you can go out and serve. Mm -hmm. But if you're not rested, you're going to go out in vain. It's not going to be out of a heart of love and of, you know, it's not going to be the Holy Spirit that's working. It's just going to be you striving. And so just rest in the word and rest in those friendships. And then you can. Okay, so this is just something I wanted to touch on. It's not so much a lie that Coulter tells us, but just something that I've struggled with a lot and I don't, I didn't really know how to walk through. I don't think it's something culture teaches us how to walk through. And that's friendships ending. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an Enneagram 8. I don't know if you guys do the Enneagram or whatever it is. But um, oh, I don't sense. even know what I am. <laughs> I say I'm everything. Wait, wait, wait. I feel like Which Lily, I think you probably are a 2. You can be 2 I think she's a 2? Maybe. I have I no like idea. she has more energy than a 2. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, oh, 7. I was going to say, totally say a 7. I was yeah. going to say a 7 or maybe a, no, no, I don't seven, think she's six. a 9. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> probably aren't supposed to diagnose people, but, um, (laughs) the Enneagram 8's largest thing is they hate being betrayed, and Mm -hmm. so I really struggle to open up to people, and I love to be known, but to get to that place is really hard, and I had a best friend, and our friendship ended, and that was really painful, and I think because I'm not very good at talking about my emotions and I'm not very comfortable with it and so I just ignored it for a long time and I think my message to the young girls and the old girls and everybody around (laughs) who's listening (laughs) I think my message is God has been betrayed Mm. and God his best friend Judas Mm. literally sent him to his death and I think I haven't processed like until very recently. I was reading my Bible the other day and I was just thinking about God and Judas or Jesus and Judas probably were so close and they probably shared laughs and they had memories and God went into that relationship knowing that Judas was going to betray him. Mm. And he, God was fully human and fully God. And so he felt the weight of that betrayal and he felt the weight of the world's betrayal, obviously. And so my message is you're not alone and God has felt betrayal and he's felt his friendships ending. And I know that that's such a larger scale than mine was, but it really just hit me. And I was like, I'm not alone. And even if I, I'm now be able to process that relationship ending and not be angry or, um, I just have a lot of anger, (laughs) but, um, I'm able to bring that to God and I'm like, Hey, you were hurt by your people and by your best friends. How do you, how did you walk through that? How, how do I love through that? Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. um, the great news is God died on the cross for Judas too. Yeah. And, um, he knows how to perfectly love. And I think that the Bible's a great resource for that. And I think also just finding somebody that you trust and you, you love and, you can talk to and you can mourn that friendship because I think um, mourning is not just for dead people. Mourning is for when things end. And as hard as that is, it's something that you have to sit in. And it's uncomfortable and it's painful, but it's how we grow and it's how we move on. So, There's one song I love by Chris. Do you know what's the last name? Rinzima. Rinzima? (laughs) I don't know. And I actually did a painting I had to do a portrait of myself for my art class last year but I did a painting and I called it soil of my soul Mm. 
And there's lyrics in that. It's a song, Spring. I cannot remember the name of the song right now. It's about spring, but he talks about, he says, come tend the soil of my soul and like a garden I will grow. And I just was holding tight to those words saying, Lord, like my soul's a garden and you're coming and you're pulling things out of it. You're pulling weeds, you're taking things out and, but you're also planting new things in. And so I think friendship's almost like, oh, like something's being pulled out of me. This person I love so much and I know so much about him and I feel like we're connected. I'm being pulled out, but knowing, okay, Lord, I trust that you're placing something in that Mm. spot. And I love to think like God answers every single prayer. That might be no. Yeah. (laughs) Like I know I've prayed, God, give me this, this good friend. Mm. Like God, I'm asking you, I'm begging you. And I don't get one for a season. And I've thought, oh, God's been silent. But I'm like, no, God just say no. And Mm. that's in my best interest. And he, the, the verse, Jeremiah 29, 11 is, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, and give you a future and a hope. And just think about, okay, this is the best plan for me to give me a future and a hope mm. to hold on to. And it hurts. I'm missing a part of me and that living thing's gone, but you're tending it and you're planting new seeds. I would say too, I realized that, um, I feel like a common thread in this is vulnerability and being like, oh, I have these feelings, but I don't share them or I don't want to share them or I want to wait until I find that good friend to share them with. And something that I learned was that if you, so my communications class talked about how vulnerability breeds vulnerability. Mm. And so if you're waiting on someone to be like, I know you and I love you. Now share everything with me. Like, that's not going to happen. You have to take the first steps. And as you say, hey, I'm going to let you into my life a little bit. I'm going to let you see something that's messy about me. That's going to, in turn, most likely, if they're worth worth the time, then it's going to breed in them. Oh, I'm going to be vulnerable with you too. And it will be reciprocated. And that's a place that you can grow in. But those friendships aren't going to happen overnight. And those hard conversations aren't going to happen overnight either. Yeah. Like, that's a... And sometimes they do, though. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> and it's, it's crazy. <laughs> and that's a God thing. But yeah. don't be discontent. Yeah. yeah. And don't wait on that. Yeah. Bring someone into your vi- life. Invite them into your life. Mm-hmm. And allow the Lord to work in that and do the rest. And I would also want to encourage everyone listening to pursue relationships with their family and specifically their parents. Because mm-hmm. I know in seasons of li- my life when I've been lonely... I've completely been like, oh, my parents are there, but just to understand your parents are your best friends too, and Mm. they have the best interest for you. They love you so much that they're going to tell you hard things, and they're going to come to you with truth and love, and so I know for me, my mom has been my best friend, in the words of best friend, like, I just admire her so much, but also we have great times, and so pursue those relationships with your parents. I know it can be uncomfortable. There's all this, I don't know about today's culture, but it seems there's some stigma around mom and dad or mom and daughter relationships or parents Mm -hmm. and kids where you can't tell your parents everything. But I would say, no, tell your parents everything because they have so much wisdom and it can be hard to open up, but I would encourage you to do that because God gives wisdom to Break that stigma. As Christians, we're called to be not of the world. So don't go along when it's saying you can't be buddies with your parents. Like your parents aren't to get you. Like don't buy into that Mm -hmm. lie. Don't, the more you participate in that, the more you're going to prove it true. The more you're going to say, teenagers are, teenagers rebel all the time. Okay. If we believe that and we do that, then that's the highest our bar is. Whereas let's set the bar higher. Let's be teenagers that respect authority, that submit and 
a good godly way. Yeah. And let's be Christians that say yeah. this is how we can walk out life with our parents and with our family. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be what culture narrates yeah. us. And I think it's it's so beautiful like a relationship with your mom and be just because they she is in that place that's so much further down the road than me and she's been where I've been and she knows me so well. Mm-hmm. And so to be deeply known and to also get that advice mm-hmm. it's something that nobody else can really provide you. Yeah. And it's amazing. And if you don't have a mother figure or something, find a mentor or yeah. an older sister or adopt anything. One. Yeah. Adopt one. Find I did it with somebody. Ellie. Adopted an older sister. <laughs> really. Best it's, decision. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's so cool. Shout out to my mom. Mm-hmm. All the moms. We love, we love you moms. <laughs> Another thing with friendship that I think God emphasizes in the Bible is being a true friend and speaking truth into your friends' lives. And so I know for me, I've just had so many mentors, friends, my mom, like I said, that comes to me and says, like, I see this in your life, and I want to help you grow. And it's it's hard to say that, and it's hard to hear that, but just knowing hearing truth helps us grow, ultimately. And so I'd also encourage everyone listening, be a true friend who speaks up about things and if you truly love someone, I think you're going to tell them the hard truth. And I remember I was listening to a video by Ray Comfort, who's an evangelist, and he was talking about, it, it was an illustration of a pool that was freezing cold. Mm-hmm. And he said, now if you went over to the pool and someone asked you to jump in, of course you're not going to jump in. It's freezing. You don't want to get wet. But if you saw someone you loved jump in the pool, you wouldn't even think about it for a second before jumping in. And he said, love is so much greater than fear. Mm. In that sense, if you truly love that person, that overcomes the fear you have. And that's really stuck with me with friends where I'm afraid to share something. Maybe it's my faith. Maybe it's for certain people in the body, see something that is not encouraging when you're with them or gossip and you just want to say like, hey, I don't think this is good. Or people come to me saying that, just saying, okay, Lord, I pray that I have greater love for this person. Love over my fear in this relationship where I'm not weighed down by the lies. I think the devil says like, oh, if you say that, they're not going to be your friend anymore. It's like, no, like, I want to love them so much. I love them so great. I want to protect them from hell and I want them to be in eternity with me. And I think, so I work as a lifeguard in the summers, and that reminded me so much of my job because I, so on the point of you probably will remain friends if they're mature enough to do that, but sometimes you won't. For instance, I am a lifeguard, and I have had to jump in after people, multiple (laughs) people. My current, my rate from last summer was 105, I want to say. It's insane. I work at a crazy water park. She's a lifesaver. Waves are awful there. So, but no joke, not even kidding. I jumped in after over 100 people this summer and got them out safely. Thank the Lord. However, um, several that I can think of resisted that. Um, I would jump in and I have been kicked. I have been punched. I have been almost drowned. Like they shoved my shoulders under, like all the things. I've got all the stories for another time, another (laughs) podcast. It's really amusing after the fact. However, like, I think that's the thing that we, I had to realize this summer and my managers and supervisors would tell me is that even if they don't want what's best for them, you get them out of that pool. Yeah. And so I think that that's true with relationships too, is that if we see a friend, especially a believer that is going down a path that we know is not good for their heart and for their soul then go after them a jump in Mm -hmm. that like loves overcoming the fear in that scenario but also if they resist 
it doesn't matter because ultimately my desire for them was to live. Yeah. And so if you want life for that person, you're going to tell them yeah. anyways. And in the most loving, gracious way possible. Don't go up to them and spit the truth in their face, yeah. please. But I would, I'm going to get them out. And if I don't get them out, then I'm going to try my very hardest. Okay, a summary of this podcast about friendship, starting off with lies about friendship from the culture. One would be that you have to have a best friend. And um, another would be that you are alone and you are the only one who feels lonely. And then one of the final ones is friendship is about yourself and what people can give to you. And then we went on to truth of the gospel. How does the gospel apply to friendship? And ultimately it's the Lord is our closest friend, Jesus, mm-hmm. and he's walking beside us through our relationships, through our loneliness. And he's faithful. Through, yes, mm-hmm. and he knows everything that we need in every season of our life, who we need to be, who needs to be in our life, and yeah. just everything. He had friends. He knows what it's like. He's been betrayed. He's been betrayed. He knows our pain. Yeah. And he died on the cross for every sin we've ever done towards someone. Every time we've been a bad friend, he's died for that, knowing that exact sin. Praise the Lord. We're free from that. That's the gospel. Amen. And practical ways to pursue friendship and live a life of loving Christ and friendship. Mm. Be intentional. Um, Start those conversations with your buddies at school, with your buddies at church. Be the one that takes the initiative. And surround yourself with people who love God and want the best for you and be deeply known by people. And get plugged into a local church, a community, wherever you are. Just put yourself out there and ultimately lay yourself down, lay your life down for Christ. And I believe that he's faithful and he will provide every single thing that you need. And you're loved at the point of surrender where you finally surrender all of your desires and your relationships is the point where he can come in and say, but I have better things for you. And so at that point is where he's going to get to show up. And it's a lifetime of doing that over and over again. Yeah, sure is. All right. Thank you so much for having us, Lily. You're welcome. Real. This Thank has been you the guys best for coming time. around. Oh, I am thankful for your friendship. I can't put into words how much God has blessed me with you mm. two. And friendship is a gift. Yeah. So thankful it's for you. It's a gift and thank the Lord for it. Amen. <laughs> thank you for joining us on this episode of Two Tris and a Lie. We can't wait to have you back to the next episode. Have a great night. Woohoo. Bye. <laughs>